0: Again, and welcome to another episode of Inside Medic. My name is Savannah and I'm Lesuma's Welfare Officer. Lesuma is the University of Leicester's Medical Society and the aim of this podcast is to provide a platform for medical students to come together and discuss their experiences at medical school. As always please be kind to us as we're still very much adjusting to becoming fully fledged podcasters. Feel free to give us some feedback or reach out to any of us on the Lesuma socials via Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. As always, just going to put a disclaimer out there that the contents of this podcast are based on student experiences. So please bear in mind that what's worked for one person might not necessarily work for you. In today's episode, I'm joined by two brilliant guests, both of whom, come August, will be starting their clinical years like myself. First up, we've got Himanshu, a proud man of the North and a passionate cricket player, playing not only for Leicester Medic's cricket team, but also his local club back home in Huddersfield. Likewise, we're also joined by Samed, an incredibly talented violinist, whose claim to fame was his appearance on CBeebies as a child, something I reckon as kids we'd all have been jealous of. So, a very warm welcome to you both. How have you both been?
1: Yeah, been good, good, thank you.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: doing good, thanks.
0: Yeah, what have you been up to? How have you been spending summer?
1: Uh, not much, to be fair, just relaxing, taking some time off, um, reading, watching Netflix, stuff like that, doing some exercise.
2: Yeah, same. Just doing everything that isn't work. <laughs> Yeah. Now barbecues, beaches, going around to friends' house, everything up. Because, you know, like the weather, good weather just coincided with all the restrictions easing. So
0: yeah, like that was whole, nice.
2: a whole year's mm-hmm. worth of socials in a month.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's nice that, like, it's um, come to summer and, like, everything's easing a little bit. We can all mix, you know, see people that we haven't seen for such a long time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So today's episode, as you guys know, is going to be focusing on kind of all things housing. So whether it comes to choosing the right type of accommodation, housemates, dreaded bills and all those things. So we're just going to kind of kick off to like throwing it back to first year to establish like where we all were initially, because obviously we were dotted around. Um, So Manchi, do you want to start us off and saying like where you were in first year? What made you choose like the village over city um, and how that was for you?
1: Um, yeah, so I, I was in um, the student village and I was in um, the Baudacourt. And uh, what really made me choose like, um, the student village over the city was um, it felt like, like most of the students went there and that, um most of the socials were at the village. Even though it was a bit further away from um, uni, I thought it was worth it because there was a bus going there anyway. Yeah, just to get involved in the socials and to get to like um, uh, make more friends and get to know people more. What made me choose bow court, especially, was, I think, it was mostly to do with the kitchens. They were huge. And, yeah, they had an in the middle. So,
0: yeah. yeah, for sure. I, we met on, like, because we were in the same block, weren't we? So that's yeah. how I met you. We were in Block II. Shout out to anyone who's... Yeah, in I. 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 yeah. Um, and so it was nice because what they try and do anyway is that with accommodation because medics arrive a week prior to everyone else so they try and donate they try and allocate at least a couple of medics in each accommodation so that when you're moving in you're not necessarily by yourself in like a new place new city that kind of thing so did you have any other medics in your flat as well
1: yeah I, I only had um, one of the medic and the, the rest were non-medics but they came like a week later so it
0: mm-hmm. wasn't too bad yeah. Mm-hmm. and how about you Samad what was your thinking behind like choosing where you decided to stay and what was that experience like
2: so firstly I stayed in Opal Corp um the thing is because I went through clearing I didn't really have much choice like Opal Court was one of the few places that was left I don't think they had any village places at that point so I just took whatever I could get however I think if I'd had the choice between village and Opal I still would have chosen Opal Corp just because it's literally two minutes away from the med school but the flats are really nice and it's it's small flats of five or six and the common room is great if you're if you're up for meeting people and socializing the common room and Opal is a great place to do that um in terms of who i stayed with there's a funny story as well i stayed with all second years in my first year and Mm -hmm. one of them was a medic which was great because i had a secondary medic you know in my flat so there's someone I can always ask for advice and the rest are all non-medics which was mm-hmm. great experience because it's good to get to know non-medics as well
0: mm-hmm. yeah so it was nice because even though you didn't have someone in your, he- your year who was doing medicine you still got like a mixture of medic friends I guess and non-medic friends yeah. and then I guess as well outside of your flat like were there other medics that you just end up coming across an opal court like to and from like walking to uni that kind of thing
2: yeah exactly there's tons of medics in opal actually so every day when you're leaving at 9am to go to lectures you'll see people going there and then on the way back you'll just bump into them and you make a lot of friends that way um but it's also a really good way to meet non-medics too but you, you will see a lot of people you see in the lecture there to come back to opal and Uh, there's a a lot of those people you've become quite good friends with
0: Mm -hmm. because obviously like when you choose city living versus say at least ob in like the village i guess there's the added bonus of the flexibility of being able to lead to like a lecture at whatever time like suits you and not having to invest in like the bus pass as well which you know it's an investment um and yeah so imagine when you chose accommodation were you did you know that like regardless of it being an OB and it being a little bit further away from uni, you, you still wanted to you were happy to get the bus pass um
1: yeah. yeah I think so because it, it is quite a long walk from OB and I wasn't um, planning on walking every day so <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: the bus pass was like a no-brainer for me but uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, the buses because the medics usually always like started in the morning and there's always loads of buses around the morning
0: yeah like I think I mentioned on like a previous podcast episode that you know like um like it's there's a 9am lecture when you just see a swarm of medics at like 8 30 at the bus stop because they're all heading like for the 9am and you can just hear them talking about like body logistics or like MSK on the bus that kind of thing so you just know like medics are around the corner um And I was also going to ask, touching on like first year accommodation, so particularly for humanitarian, did you find that, because obviously with Oadby, kind of the accommodations are next to each other. So you'll have like Bowder Court, for example, then you have Stanford Court, you'll have um, John Foster just across the road. Did you find that the proximity of all those different accommodations meant that you were constantly like just bumping into medics or like regardless of if maybe you didn't have, you only had like one other medic flatmate, did you find that it was helpful to still meet new people?
1: Yeah, I think uh, especially like during the first week because in the first week it's basically all just just medics because we started a week earlier and it was pretty easy like meeting other medics because we had the socials as well with them. Like the the first night we went to Spoons and met a lot mm-hmm. of people there and we were like around each other's flats all the time. So that was a good way to make friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think it's pretty easy to meet them in like the first week, but you, you always bump into them and once you get to know the place and when where we are staying you think just it's just about putting yourself out there
0: yeah Mm -hmm. and smed when it came to obviously you came in through clearing and maybe it was a little bit that the the whole process of choosing accommodation might have had to happen like a little bit faster when you were looking for accommodation did you have any criteria that like i'm thinking about cost and thinking about like an ensuite or shared kitchen did you have like any criteria in your head that you had to go through when it came to like choosing something
2: Right, so um, I think off the bar, I wanted an ensuite in first year because that would be the first time I'm staying in accommodation like that. I figured out pretty quickly that everywhere's got a shared kitchen unless you're buying a studio. Mm-hmm. So I think shared kitchen is just standard. I did look at proximity because student village sounded great initially until I googled how far away it is from the med school, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> I don't know about that now actually. Like I did compare prices everywhere, mm-hmm. and if you're willing to spend a little bit more opal is a great choice see the thing is for me when i stayed in opal they still had the old rooms so it Mm -hmm. was quite a bit cheaper than the prices they offer now yeah so uh, obviously it'll be different if you're looking um for this year but yeah i think just the proximity and the rooms look really nice as well
0: Mm -hmm. and when it came to like moving in and that whole process was there anything that say Manchu that you bought to like spice up your room or like make you feel make it feel a bit more like home because obviously when you move in the rooms are very much like um, a blank canvas they're not it's like kind of on you to maybe make it homely and cozy because you are going to spend like a lot of time there so was there anything that you did or brought from home?
1: Um, I think mostly it was just um, pictures I think just I put pictures of
2: uh, families and friends and stuff like that.
0: How about you Samad did you do anything or bring anything from home?
2: Yeah, just stuff that I normally have on my table, I took to my Leicester table and just put it there and just posters and pictures.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's definitely
2: yeah. worth bringing stuff from them.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. And it, it might just be a case of like you rock up and you see what's there already and then can assess what you need to bring as well. So it's of bringing it all at the start. So so we've talked about first year accommodations. So now fast forward a year. So you've come to, actually, well, no, fast forward to maybe a couple of months into first year and maybe this chat about second year accommodation, um, where's everyone going to live next year? Who you are going to live with? When did you manage to start thinking about, right, like, what am I going to do for second year? Like, what am I, where am I staying? Who am I staying? When, when did you start thinking about that?
1: Um, I think I, we started thinking about that pretty early on. Um, me and the other medical I was staying with, um, decided pretty on we were going to stay together and, um, and, and we, we like we talked to our flatmates at the time there and we all decided that we were going to stick our six together for the next mm-hmm. hour, for next year so that made it pretty easy to like decide who we were living with um i think this was around about october time and like mm-hmm. by, by november ish we had like um, a house sorted and contract signed and everything so w- we were pretty early on
0: and did it help you to do it earlier on in terms of like the choice that there was because obviously they, they do places for like two people four people six people for example and actually i, I guess as as there are bigger groups it's sometimes harder to like it's get a, like a house to six. so did you find looking earlier was helpful
1: yeah I think uh, d- uh, there was definitely more choice like um towards the towards the start and um, we had a look around at, like quite a few houses about 10 or 12 hours before we decided mm-hmm. and um yeah i think there was a it's definitely a bit harder to find. I mean, the more people you have, the less choice there is. Mm. But I think Stein earlier definitely helped um, um, mm-hmm. like widen our choices.
0: Mm. And the same with you, Smet, do you have like a, like Manjee, did you have like a conversation with anyone that you potentially wanted to uh, be a flatmate with about like what they were doing? And did you make sure to kind of have a look at like a lot of options before really like thinking about which one was best for you?
2: Yeah, so Imanchi mentioned that they had everything done and dusted by November. Well, we only started looking in November. Um, <laughs> and I think when we finalized things, it was just after we came back after Christmas. So me and a group of people from Opal, all medics, we decided, that, you know, let's move in because we we got along quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had that conversation and... We started looking for four beds. And when we were looking for four beds, we realized that the six bed house is actually a lot nicer. So Mm -hmm. one of my mates said, well, I've got two non-medic friends. What what do you think about them coming as well? And we'd met them before. We didn't know them well, but we'd met them. So we said, sure. And then we started hunting for six beds. Um, And I think we went through every six bed in Leicester. And uh, (laughs) Sky Blue Homes got quite fed up of us eventually, but we did find one. So even though we started looking in November, things only got sorted in the next year, mm. which is fine. I'd say take your time because that's the place you're going to be living for a whole mm-hmm. year, potentially more.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. obviously none of us have come from like a previous degree as well. So when it came to accommodation, we I guess it was a little bit more new to us. We weren't like grads who would navigate the line of changing accommodations each year. Um, but I remember like it being a definite source of like worry and stress, like oh god, like where am I living? I didn't even know. I only heard about finding accommodation through just Belbin, like. Um, and so, like, like yeah, I kind of only started looking in November, and I guess it was very much about having an open conversation with people and their preferences and seeing if they matched up. Obviously, if you're living with, say, meat eaters and veg- people who are vegetarian, if they're comfortable sharing a kitchen. Where you're cooking meat and that kind of thing because it is you know everyone the kitchen's like your safe space to cook whatever you want um
1: yeah i think um by the time we, like decided we were to live together mm. we've be, already been um sharing a flat and yeah basically living together for a couple of two or three months by then mm. so we kind not we kind of knew each other's routine by then and how mm. like everyone um what everyone did so it kind of made it easier in a way yeah. to like uh, um get past this conversation kind of thing because we already yeah, yeah, knew what yeah. everyone was and no one we never had like any arguments or anything so kind of worked well together I think that's mm-hmm. made it easy
0: yeah and how about you Samad because did you say did you you didn't live like you li- lived with different people didn't you like not all the same people that you were with in your first first year accommodation
2: yeah so the people I lived with in second year I didn't live with any of them in first year
0: oh right okay so
2: you know I had no people I had no idea how these people uh, like what to live with, but you know, just from being around them, just from being their friends, I knew they're pretty decent people and mm-hmm. they're clean as well. I and mean, in terms of veg, non veg, I've lived all of last year being the only vegetarian person in that flat, so yeah. kind of got used to it as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And for me, it was just as long as they're clean and not you know, hosting rock concerts at 2 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> that, that's fine. So I didn't really mm-hmm. have too many like conditions is just people who are pretty clean and don't make too much noise and mm-hmm. they all fit the bill so worked up.
0: and just talking about like finding the house that kind of thing did you guys were you very much like navigating it with just your flatmates and doing it kind of a lot more independently or did was there any point where you maybe reached out to someone like a medic parent just to ask them about the whole process it'd just be interesting to know like if you did ask them your medic parents actually um
1: I think uh, we, we did, uh, I did like um, ask a couple of second years and doing my parents, mm-hmm. of, like places, um, areas to live in second year, to mm-hmm. just get an idea of like um, w- what areas like student areas and stuff like that. Um, I think, uh, so we ended up living in like Clarendon Park, which is quite
2: a big student area as well. So yeah, like, just asking around, there's no harm yeah. in asking. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. How about you, Smed?
2: Yeah, the audio is definitely our best friends when it comes to stuff like this you really do want to ask them uh, so th- things we asked our medical parents were you know when did you start looking what kind of what what the general places people go for because we had no clue at that point you know, where the different locations are but after that you just well you, you just search on uh, all the normal places like sky blue homes super right move. And just look for houses set your pricing bracket and the number of people and they'll show you everything mm-hmm. and also on London Road there is a sky blue homes like they have an actual place that you can walk into and if mm-hmm. you go in there and tell them okay we're six people looking for a house this far away from uni within a few days they'll give you all the options and they'll offer to show you around as well so I'd recommend doing that
0: mm-hmm. and would you say it's like because I think it is easy to kind of rush into like Right, you've seen a house, your the estate agent has said, right, there's someone coming in after you as well to view the same house. It's very easy to maybe rush into signing a contract and like choosing a house. So, how would you how did you navigate that line of making sure that you still kept an open mind and continue to look at houses and weigh up your options as opposed to like quickly rushing into the first house that you saw that met like some of your criteria and that you were happy with, Manchu? Yeah, um I think.
1: As I said, we looked at like um, ten or twelve houses, and then before making like our decision, because I think landlords always say there's someone after you (laughs) to try and make you rush. That's kind of the tactic of selling the house, but I think there's no there's no point in rushing because you're gonna live there for a year. You don't you don't want to rush into making a decision that you might um, necessarily regret in the future. I think Mm -hmm. like the main things we were looking for as as a six were like um making sure that everyone had like a decently sized room it wasn't like because some accommodation it was like um one room was ridiculously like smaller than the rest and it just felt kind of unfair
0: Mm.
1: that was like one of our um main priorities Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how about you in terms of navigating the line of just maybe Taking like a more relaxed approach to like just finding a house and not feeling pressured into signing a contract if you're not like hundred percent sure.
2: I think initially that pressure was there when we looked at the first few houses because we were looking quite late, and uh, the landlords always said things like, "Okay, you know, there's not that many houses left because it's quite late, so you might want to think about signing this quickly." But then once you've looked at five or six, you get a good idea of what there is out there and what would work for you guys because when you go to every house you'll start to pick things pick things apart you never thought about before mm-hmm. so oh this kitchen's a bit weird let's not look at houses that have a kitchen layer like this or you'd you think oh the house only has one bathroom actually that wouldn't be very practical for all of us so as you go through you start to work out more and more exactly what it is you want and all mm-hmm. I'd say is keep looking till you find obviously don't look for the absolute perfect house because it's really difficult to find but keep looking till you find something that works really well for everyone because we went through a lot I think we went through a lot of houses by the end of it the guy showing us around so it was the same guy he knew all our names and he knew what we looked like um, but yeah keep looking till you find somewhere that is right for you mm-hmm. you're going to be living there for one, two, three years
0: oh yeah I, was, I completely agree in the sense that you are it is like when you come back from a lecture that's going to be your safe space to like unwind work that kind of thing so sometimes it is just a case of taking that little bit of extra time to really consider if this is like the place for you so and as well um i don't know if you guys knew or used um any of like the medics facebook group chats like i don't know if you knew but there's like um i'll assume a facebook group chat where they advertise houses as well like so like the old years can be like oh we have a room spare if anyone wants to pay um this amount of rent x amount of rent um it's x amount of minutes walk from university road for example did you guys maybe look at that as well as a potential window to finding accommodation or is that not something that you'd considered or knew about um, i
1: think i think i was part of that group but uh, i think i joined it after we've decided what the house <laughs> That we were gonna get, uh, but that wasn't like a big issue because we know we we were gonna live together and yeah. But it's it's always there. It's nice to have um, just to like see what options are out there.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I also agree. I forgot to say I agree with in terms of when it came to house houses and like the size of the room. Obviously, you do get you should really assess the size and whether like as a group you're happy to delegate who's staying in which room. Because at least from my experience with the Clarendon Park houses um the four the four bed houses we in, in the house I stayed in there was one extremely large room and then there was one extremely small room and then two kind of the same so you've got to navigate that line of whether it be um each person pays like, the amount of rent that kind of represents the size of their room or you all pay the same and you compensate for the person living in the smaller room paying less for the bills that kind of thing did you used to have like that discussion or did, were your room sizes all the same or did you actually have to think about that going in
2: so the house we're in now there's four rooms of you know quite equal size and then mm-hmm. there's one huge room um mm-hmm. like the big room is i'd say four times as big as the smallest room
0: right okay um mm-hmm. so
2: there's quite a really big size difference between the biggest and smallest room. so what we ended up doing was just saying okay the person who goes to the biggest room will pay X amount more and then the person in the smallest room will pay that much less and we said that before we decided who goes to what room just so it's known beforehand and then we chose our rooms and that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. And how about you, Hemanchi, were yours, were yours all the same sort of size?
1: Um, yeah, I think our rooms were, uh, there were some like slightly smaller than others but we just decided that it was just easy just for all six of us to play, play equally. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because I think everyone was happy with their rooms and kind of um, like um, everyone ended up like choosing different rooms and everyone's just yeah. happy with it and everyone was just happy to pay equal
0: that's, that's like the, the best scenario that you have like where everyone just like chooses a room and like ends end up choosing a different room to everyone else so that everyone's got a room because I think sometimes it might be a case of say if someone's not happy to pay an extra bit of rent more towards a larger room you might just have to do like like what we did was like a lucky draw, like we just used a random number generator on like the internet and just it kind of was like whatever you get is kind of what you you, you're going to roll with um but um what I was going to say was when it came to actually then so obviously you you knew that you wanted to choose a student house as opposed to say university accommodation again for like a second year or private, Samad what appealed to you more about staying in a student house than going again, like for round two of university accommodation or private, a private company?
2: Mainly just price. Um, Price and like have a place that is truly run because Opal was like hundred, close to 140 a week. And then when you move down to what we're paying now, which is 110 bills included, it's a pretty big saving you're making and then you know it's just your own house yeah there's just something different about living in a, in a house with your mates as opposed to all living in your own individual rooms in a flat
0: mm-hmm. and how about you Manchu? was it similar or like a little bit different uh,
2: yeah I think the,
1: yeah, it was quite similar as well um, it's quite a big saving to be had mm-hmm. um, if you move into a house and um, like, like, by having a house it gives it um, like more of like a homely feel as well mm-hmm no and as, you, as someone said it's, it's nothing like living with your mates in a house and
0: it's great fun as well mm-hmm. and as well I guess it means that because obviously if you would stay in university accommodation they never guarantee that you would be put with maybe other flatmates of your choosing so you could end up being in like a flat of more freshers like a new intake of freshers who would be going out quite frequently that kind of thing so if you're going into your second year and maybe things are kind of upping in terms of workload it would be difficult to like navigate um you know ensuring that your flatmates are respectful but still enjoying their freshers their experience their new years that kind of thing
2: um i would i would just add on that point that in op i'm not sure about nixon and the, the villager comes but in opal there is a system where you can go to the admin people and tell them me and these four people want to move into a flat next year and if you tell them early enough they'll sort out for you so you totally can in Opal, get a flower with the people you want. But obviously if you leave it later, there is the risk you could just be moving in with random people again.
0: Okay, so that's good. So that's reassuring that say if someone doesn't necessarily know who they wanna live with or they haven't managed to find um, people that they wanna live with, um, they can still go to like the village or like the Opal and just be like, right, um, I'm I'm wanting to live with these people, like live with some people and they can like put you together, match you together and you can have that conversation um all of us we lived in the student house for our second year so having spoken to some people who stayed in private accommodation um they did want to just make a couple of comments about the pros that they found from living in private accommodation and things that you should just bear in mind if you do end up considering private accommodation so um and one of my friends had said that living in private accommodation so she lived in the student roost um which is on it's off Wellford road um and so really like close to university again. Um, and she said it was great because it meant that she could meet new people. It was nice that they had security 24 um, seven. And it was also great to have parcels delivered to reception and this, then just being really convenient if you're out to just pick them up from the reception there and then. Um, maintenance was really, really quick and it was significantly easier for her to find an ensuite for like a reasonable price when she went through private. Um, and then somebody else had also said that it was nice because they got their own living space and depending on what you choose, because she chose an ensuite suite studio as well. So obviously you've got your kitchen, your living room, everything in one single space. Um, she said as well, because she'd chosen the studio, it meant that that worry of like having flatmates that you haven't seen before and potentially not getting along with them was diminished. So that was great for her. Um, she felt like there was less noise and there was more freedom with her space. And just generally the options were lots of rooms, different sizes, locations, and just generally nice. And I think just a couple of things that they said to note, um, if you are considering private accommodation, is that sometimes you don't know who you're gonna be living with. So you have to consider if you're living with, maybe like loud or um, not overly clean housemates, um, you've got to just consider that if you'll be able to work through that and get along. Um, unless you're choosing private accommodation with friends that you you know um you maybe don't have a garden um, so if you are you to like plants and whatever just something to know um, and yeah um not really a lot of community events or mingling um if you're in like a studio you have to go out of your way to actually make plans with people as opposed to like coming out of your room and just knocking on your friends or being like right let's go go there or let's do this um so you can run it does run the risk of sometimes being a little isolated at times from uni friends um and the depending on the accommodation you choose there might not always be a common room area so like obviously us living in the student house living room kitchen these are all communal areas where you'll likely bump into someone so you know that you're going to have that social contact but they both said that um sometimes private can be just a little bit more pricey um, but it is usually cheaper than university accommodation. So just something to note if you are listening and wanting to consider private accommodation. But moving on to kind of um, location and that kind of thing. Um, so, mentioned you'd said that when you um, were thinking of where your accommodation was wanted to be, you did, like, just talk to your minute parents, that kind of thing. So what, which areas did you consider for, like, houses initially, and then how did you go about, like, just ruling them out
1: that kind of thing? Um, I think we looked at um, Evington, Clownham Park, um, like um, Welford Road as well, uh, like Knighton as well. Mm-hmm. But I think the way we ruled them out is just um, Clown, we just looked, had a look around at different houses in different locations. And I think Clownham Park was like the closest one to uni. And um, uh, we kind uh, we quite quite liked some of the houses there. And we kind of just like ruled ruled it down to there and um, just ended up picking a house from David. Mm-hmm.
0: And how about you, Smed? Because you didn't live in Clarendon, did you, for your second year?
2: No, so we got quite lucky with our location. Um, we live just behind London Road, so it's one of the most convenient locations. You know, it's 10 minutes from town, 5 minutes from uni, and you've got everything on London Road as well, obviously. But we did look for houses pretty much everywhere. So we we were prioritizing London Road and that kind of area just because we didn't didn't really want to walk too far. Um, We did look at houses in the city centre as well. Uh, Clarendon Park, obviously. Um, And Evington too. I think every location will have its pros and cons. For example, Clarendon, you've got such a dense student population that a lot of the people you know are going to be living close by but then there's also the things like the fact that you do have loads of students that sometimes it might get a bit noisy um but yeah every location has its pros and cons all i'd say is find people that live in whatever location you're trying to go for and see if they can tell you what's good and what's not
0: mm-hmm. and so obviously because when you're, you're a medic you're likely in every single day right so alongside considering costs and everything so was for both of you a big thing that you prioritised distance to university so whether it be walking distance or cycling distance was that something that you had quite high on your priority list financially
1: yeah I think yeah for sure I think because uh, for me I was living in Juliet Virgin in the first year and yeah. I didn't really want to do all of that over again <laughs> but one of the big things for me was um, to be quite close to uni so I could walk in every day
0: mm-hmm. Same with you, Samad, as well. Just that convenience. I mean, I can't, really, will, yeah. speak,
2: I can't really speak. Can't <laughs> speak too much about the struggles of commuting because you know I don't really have a yeah, true. <laughs> was a, was a big two-minute walk for me in the first year, but definitely after price and just in general, like how nice the house is, commuting time was definitely a big factor because, like mm. you said, you're gonna have to go into uni, so <laughs> m- make sure it's a distance that you'd be willing to travel every single day
0: mm-hmm. and did you find as well because obviously you're you're on london or near london roads. that's quite close to the train station was that helpful um at any point
2: oh yeah that's one of the best things about it um because i i do go back quite often um and obviously when you go back you're going to be taking a lot of things with you and when you come back to leicester you'll have even more things you know all, all the all the frozen meals packed from home but the train station is a two-minute walk for us and it's one of the best things about our location it's it's really close so definitely consider that because then if you're living 20-25 minutes out from the train station with all that luggage you probably just gonna have to get an uber every time so
0: yeah and so i was gonna also ask you guys so when you obviously moved from university accommodation in your year to student house was there anything that you noti- noticed noticed uh, was different or like uh, anything that surprised you just moving into like a student house um, and adjusting to that in a separate way Manchu?
1: I think uh, it's definitely a little bit different because um, when you live in a flat everyone's kind of in their rooms and the rooms are locked whereas here <laughs> um, the, the most of the time the rooms are not locked and you can't just go and knock on someone's door like if you want to go out or something you just want to ask them anything and I think I feel like there's always someone around like um on in the in, in the living room or in the kitchen you can just bump, bump into it, anyone um mm-hmm. yeah I think it gives it like a more of a homely feel as well kind of um, more
0: um more convenient mm-hmm. and same with you Smed like did you find like how was that whole experience and also did you find it easier to like make plans with people or just see people or have that social contact choosing to live in a student house.
2: Yeah definitely in a student house the people you live with is going to be bumping into them you know randomly and there's been so many times where we've had stuff to do and we've ended up just being late for that because we just like talking. In Opal, you're only gonna see people if you either choose to make plans or if you see them in the kitchen. But obviously in the house people are walking around everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like Amanchi said, it just feels, it's just more homely, and it's much easier to get settled into uni, you don't feel like you're living away from home, it's almost like you've made a second home there at uni.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, Amanchi, was there anything that you did, like, was something that you guys did as a flat together, or like, did you, for example, towards coming to Christmas time, do like a meal um, together as a flat, like a, I know some flats do like a flat roast or was there things that you did together in like the communal spaces that really helped you guys just bond or just spend time together? Because obviously you guys weren't all medics, so you all have different timetables, I imagine.
1: Yeah, I think um, especially in that first year when we had a little bit more time, we did like a lot of things. We had like a Christmas um, dinner that we all cooked together. Um, we had like Halloween parties and we, like, we, we used to like go out, go out together as well before COVID happened. But um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was just I think it's just about like just um, we pretty much did most things together and we got to know each other really well, got really close. I think mm-hmm. that definitely helps when you live with people and that's like an understanding.
0: Mm-hmm. How about you, Smed? Is there anything like that you guys did together? Um, yeah, that helps.
2: I don't know, just card games and things and we used to watch and we used to watch black mirror as well just other tv shows and like the fact that you can just send and watch tv shows you didn't make it in your own living room um and yeah just going out whenever we had the opportunity to obviously code came and make that quite difficult but yeah
0: mm-hmm.
2: just the fact that you can, it's much easier to just plan and do stuff
0: mm-hmm. yeah 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 and um- and when it came to, like, obviously, how you lived with both medics, and well, a medic and non-medic, did you find that it was nice to have a medic there? Because you can somewhat relate to maybe a couple of the stresses of the course, but equally being next to non-medics as well helps, like, put things in perspective sometimes. Because obviously, some medics are known to be, like, a little bit of, like, a stress head at times, particularly when it comes to exam season. So how did you find that?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's probably one of the things that's helped me the most. Because I think when you're like in med school or like in lecture and stuff like that, you're kind of surrounded by medics and you're kind of in that medicine bubble. So it's nice to have that. When you go, when I go back home, I'm not in that medic bubble anymore. I have my own space. and I don't have people stressing me. But it's also nice to have at least one other medic that you can go to to go and ask for help or just de-stress. Or- How
0: about you, Smad? Was it nice to like know that? You guys could just like complain about that same module be like oh my god why why
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's it really does put things in perspective because it's so easy to get lost in the medicine world so, so it's really nice to just be able to go and tell these things to non-medics and you see their faces light up like oh my god you guys are learning about that what um and just talk about things that aren't medicine because anytime i've been with medics regardless of what we've talked about the conversation has always at some point deviated and that's fair enough you know it's what we spend most of our time doing Mm -hmm. but it's really nice to just be able to talk to non-medics for a bit
0: yeah and i think when anybody joins university particularly if you're a medic sometimes you just naturally just gravitate towards medic medics because you are doing a lot together like you're spending a lot of the day together you're doing group work together and it just makes sense sometimes to do plans so I know that I would tell myself, looking back that not to worry too much about necessarily breaking out of the so-called medic bubble because sometimes it's just inevitable that you are just surrounded by someone who is a medic because you're going on the bus together or you're going to this lecture or group work so it's just a a case of just like navigating it as you mean to go along like it just you will naturally find that that rhythm to meeting different people um so moving on to kind of um, delegation, so when it came to kind of laying down like the ground rules as to like, um, you know, cleaning, um, how did you, Himanshu, do that? And obviously do it sensitively and like respectfully to everybody and sure everyone had like an equal say.
1: Um, I think in terms of like, um, like sharing um, like cupboards in the, the kitchen and stuff like that, we kind of just like picked a cupboard like the first person who moved in just picked a cupboard
2: yeah and it,
1: because we kind of worked it out when we were looking at the houses to make sure that everyone had like an equal space mm-hmm. everyone just picked a cupboard picked a drawer and stuff like that um i so thought it was quite easy mm-hmm. in terms of like cleaning and stuff like that we had like um because we had um uh, we didn't necessarily have a rotor or such we kind of just said everyone just clean up clean up after themselves
0: right mm-hmm. and then,
1: um we were like uh, mopped the floor like every like two weeks something like that
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: and in terms of like cleaning bathrooms and stuff we had like a boys and a girls bathroom because there was three of each three boys three right. girls so we just like rotated between us in terms of like who who do the cleaning like, every week mm-hmm. um, so I think we, we were pretty chill in terms of like and if someone didn't do it we just tell them to do it and we're just I'll just do sure it it's not there's no point arguing it's just
0: it's- yeah yeah and it helped as well that you guys had gone into sharing a house being friends already from the get-go so yeah. you or were already like respectful of each other, and you knew you wanted to get along anyway. Was that the same for you, Samad, as well, or different?
2: Yeah, in terms of uh, like who gets what cupboard and things like that, it's just the order the people moved in. Um, and obviously, everyone everyone made sure that there was space available for other people, and like in the fridge, just take one rack, and that's it. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep the space equal. Um, in terms of cleaning we just kind of live by whatever mess you make clean up yourself Mm -hmm. and then if things get really dirty we'll be like okay tomorrow we all need to come to the kitchen and just clean it up and that's happened a few times um and you know if i vacuum the stairs the last time someone else will do it the next time um Mm -hmm. and the way our house is structured we have one bathroom at the very top and then two in the middle so the two people who mainly use the top one will take care of that and everyone else will do these other two. So I think the easiest way to do it is just whatever mess you make clean up.
0: Mm-hmm. And did you find that people stuck to that though? Like, cause uh, I know that from my, from first year, we did use that rule of like, if you make them, if you're making a bit of a mess, maybe clean it up as well. And it didn't necessarily, no one really stuck to it. So we had to like enforce a bit of a, a cleaning road. Did you both find that everyone did actually stay, like, stick with it anyway? So
1: I think most of the time people yeah. stuck to it, but occasionally people like forgot and stuff like that, yeah, left yeah. it. But, but you just go and tell the person who made the mess, to yeah. clean it up. Or like, if it gets a bit too messy, as some ed said, just get together and just everyone just clean up a bit.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: it's not sure. not 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 that big of a deal.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you say the same as well,
2: night? There's definitely times where I got a bit out of hand. Um, <laughs> and you don't really know whose mess that is anymore, because there's so much of it, (laughs) but that's when you guys just say, okay, you know what, we're going to clean everything up now, just take Mm -hmm. a day out and do it, because it's it's where you're going to be living, so if you want a clean house, you've got to put the effort in.
0: Um, So moving on to kind of talking about maybe like just being considerate about everyone else's needs, so I was just going to bring the example for when, for example, I, I moved in with my flatmates to so me and my other flatmate were, we were early risers, like we'd shower in the morning, that kind of thing, but we, the other two um, were like late risers, so they'd be like sleeping really late, and then waking up really late, and the shower was back-to-back back with um, one of the, uh, the girls who was a late riser, and so it meant that we um, found that actually we had to we had a conversation just about how we'd need to navigate the line of just maybe showering later so that she wouldn't get disturbed and just being considerate about the fact that you don't want to be playing music and having a shout when someone's asleep. Did you ever have any issues like that where you had to compromise or just have a conversation to sort things out, like respectfully and maturely without any uh, conflicts, that kind of thing, Um, Yeah, I
1: think it's, it's very important to have just like conversations. Um, like for myself, uh, obviously we had, um, I, I I quite like getting up early and just getting ready and ready for the day and start working. Um, I think we never had like problems in that respect. I think you need to be able like obviously in the morning. If I'm going to have a shower, I'm not going to play music out loud because I know people yeah. are sleeping. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just about being respectful and if yeah, people like if we did have issues, we just talk about them and just sort mm-hmm. it out and I think that's the best way to do it. rather than just letting things pile up and yeah. you know, like like and get into a massive argument.
0: Mm -hmm. And was it the same for you, Smed, in terms of just making sure that everyone was very open, honest and happy to hear if anybody did have like a concern or issue to raise?
2: Yeah, it is, like Manchester said, so important to have these conversations because I live on the ground floor right next to the living room. And I realised quite early on, because we live with non-medics, they don't have to conform to the same crazy schedules that we have. (laughs) So they can afford to have parties, you know, well well into the night. And the first few times it happened and I got woken up by that kind of noise, I just didn't really say anything because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to create tensions in the house or anything like that. Then after a while, you realize there's, you just kind of have to say something. So you you do. And then everyone's really understanding of it. And you guys just work out what's the best way to live. So, you know, it, it ended up being okay I just said you know what like till 1am it's chill after that it's gonna be a bit, bit difficult for me to sleep if you guys are making tons of noise and so everyone compromised them yeah so
0: mm-hmm. and only because you had that conversation they knew about like that 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 could be an yeah. issue that kind of thing
2: yeah because unless you say it, there's no way there's no way people can um, they don't know if they're being too loud because they can't hear themselves from the other room, right? You have to tell them. So just just say it, just start the conversation, like, bro, listen, last night, you were a bit loud. Can you not mm-hmm. please, like from now on, can you just not do that? So just mm-hmm. just have the conversation. It makes life way easier for everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, there's a good point you made about being on the ground floor. Um, just like a heads up to anyone who doesn't know, when you sometimes uh, consider accommodation and you're looking at student houses, sometimes, in the Clarendon houses, especially sometimes the ground floor, on the ground floor, there will be a room, um, a bedroom, and then upstairs there'll be three, for example. So when it comes to just um, considering about the ground floor, just obviously be aware of the fact that it is next to the front door. So when someone comes in and out, you will hear it shut and open. And if there's somebody in the living room, then you might potentially hear them like talking or having a party. So when you think about allocating rooms, just consider if you're like an early bird or late riser having that conversation with your flatmates. Um, and then as well, I forgot to mention as well, did you, when you moved into your student houses, did you, when you first came in, did you take, when it was all empty, like you hadn't moved in, did you take pictures of like the house and like the condition it was in just for like reference later on, once you'd, if you were waiting to get a deposit back once you'd moved out, that kind of thing, Manchu? Yeah,
1: I think, uh... I moved in like a couple of weeks later than um, uh, my other housemates, but I think they um, they did take like uh, pictures of like any like marks or like markings on the wall just to make sure that our landlord didn't complain that it was us afterwards. I think that's important to do. And our landlord like gave us um, like a uh, piece of paper just to write down if any like write down um, all like the damage that's already there in the house. So that was mm-hmm. quite quite helpful as well.
0: Mm -hmm. and was it the same for you Smed in terms of making sure that like you knew the condition of the house when you came in and so you knew that if there was any damage whether it was previously there or actually because like something that you guys had done
2: yeah it's it's something that a lot of older years told me to do and something that I would definitely advise um you should do the first person who moves into the house just take photos of everything because most landlords are nice but you never know. Some might turn around and say, well, this wasn't here before. Well, you have no proof to say it. you have no proof to say that I wasn't there before. Now mm-hmm. pay me for the damages. Just take photos of everything. And most landlords will give you an inventory to do. So it's a checklist you do yourself of every room and what's already in that room. So like ground floor bedroom, one wardrobe, one chest of drawers, one bed, one table, one mirror, things like that and just the general condition of the room and any damages you've already seen and you take pictures of it. But Mm -hmm. just just make sure you do do that because you don't want to get caught off something that you haven't done.
0: Yeah, definitely. You wouldn't want to be held liable for something maybe you haven't done and that that results in you not getting the full deposit back that you put down for a house, for example. Exactly. Um, So now obviously moving on to bills and sort of just when it comes to managing finance, making sure you're keeping them on top, paying the bills when the deadlines are due, or well in advance anyway. Um, so, you talk us through what your your plan was like in terms of moving into the house. Was it bills included, bills not included? Tell us a bit more about that.
1: Yeah, um, ours was like um, uh, bills included. So it was quite um, straightforward. So we just, um, we had like um, four payments throughout the year that we had to do for the bills to our, to our landlord. So it was just, um, that was pretty easy to sort out. And in terms of, it was except for Wi-Fi, we have to sort it out ourselves, um, mm-hmm. and we just had to look around. There's, there's plenty of like student offers around which you can look at, and we ended up like go for like Virgin Media, just making sure everyone's happy with. Because obviously there's six of us, so we need to quite a, a, a strong Wi-Fi connection. Yeah. To make mm-hmm. sure that because if if everyone's working at the same time, it's not slowing down. Yeah. And just have a uh, it's good to like look around and stuff like that. Mm-hmm.
0: And was it particular as well when? teaching switched to being virtual that was did you find that it was quite important that earlier earlier on you'd considered like the strength of the wi-fi because then ended up using it quite frequently
1: yeah i think we we ended up going for like quite a um, strong connection anyway so uh, that was useful when teaching teaching did go virtual and Mm -hmm. because because i was with non-medics as well it, it meant that not everyone was watching the lecture at the same time as well
0: yeah but if, mm-hmm.
1: if you're with medics, obviously you might all six of you might be watching the same lecture. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> all in your fun. different rooms just watching the yeah. same lecture. <laughs> How about you, Smed? What was it like for you?
2: Um, we quite we are quite lucky with us in terms that it's bills included. Um, it just makes it makes things way easier. You don't have to go for a bills included house. It's if you do get one, it's just one payment that you have to make. You don't have to send calculate. Uh, everything that you spent in terms of so like when for people that don't know what bills included means it's it's everything so what you pay per month is the rent so just the basic how much you have to pay for the house plus gas and electricity and wi-fi and your water bill everything together so it's just what it's just one um, amount that you have to pay per month in terms of wi-fi definitely invest in a good connection especially if there's more four or more of you in the house because you're going to be using the internet so much you're going to be watching loads of lectures and videos the last thing you want to do is wait for those videos to load yeah
0: yeah Mm -hmm. it is dependent on each house um so for example with ours we didn't have bills included so it was like looking back i mean i think it was a little bit cheaper but it was a significant amount of just being proactive so we had to sort out wi-fi, we had to sort out um, gas and electricity um, and water as well Um, so it meant that we had to compare like google, compare the prices, that kind of thing because you can have the option of continuing with the companies that the students living in the house before you had previously chosen but we decided that we were just going to look and see what worked best for us so yeah I think we used Orbit energy for electricity but I think some students use companies like Octopus Energy that kind of thing just really depends on the price that is within your budget um in terms of hobs as well I think some people go into student housing like they with with the types of food they eat they need to have like a gas hob that kind of thing but just to let anybody know that on the most part i think from my experience of looking at houses i found that most of them are just electric hobs for safety and even in first year i don't know about you both your accommodations well i know about her but Smed like i'm assuming that you guys had um electric hobs as opposed to gas hobs as well just for safety safety reasons
2: yeah we had electric and um, opal but mm. we've got a pretty big gas one in our current house okay. so, so some houses do do gas hobs and they're great um mm-hmm. Because they just he'll fill up so quick but don't don't go looking specifically for houses with yeah. gas those because they're quite hard to find
0: yeah and i think as well what we did because bills wasn't included we or we didn't go for that package anyway we made sure that when we moved in to look at the meter readings as well so you should make sure that you either ask the estate agent or the landlord where the meter is and then make a note of like the meter readings after like at the start when you move in and then obviously um like as you go through each month, that kind of thing, to make sure that you're paying only for the amount that you're using and not for maybe the previous tenants, that kind of thing.
2: On on that note, actually, yeah. um, something you should be aware of when it says bills included is, okay, let's just say, for example, 130 a week bills included. That's mm-hmm. that much regardless of how much you use. So if you hardly use any of the electricity and gas and you know if you were to add the bill separately it would be around 110 you're still gonna pay 130 even if you haven't used it and if you go over it's quite difficult to do because they give you quite a large you know amount of everything before you go over but if you go over you're gonna have to pay that as well so you'd have to pay 130 plus the extra that you've used but just be aware of that it's not they work out your rent plus how much you've used for you. It's just a fixed amount and that's what you pay. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think when we come on to talk about heating and like when it gets colder using it, it, I I know from the people i would spoken to, it meant that they never used to necessarily worry about like when they were switching the heater on, for example, because there was a fixed, like a flat amount that they were paying for everything. Whereas for us, when it came to heating, we did have to maybe think about how many hours we were having it on in the day because you're paying, paying by like a use basis um and also I just wanted to ask so um some houses they'll get like a letter or notification about like tax and um did you guys do what I did where like you just ensured that you contact contact them and let them know that you were a student so you weren't and getting bills for like tax that kind of thing
1: I think uh, I think we didn't get any um letters from tax but I think our like landlord told us I think cause it is because we had bills included, the taxes mm-hmm. kind of included within that, and because we're right. students, uh, the landlord probably sold the accounts or something like that. So mm-hmm. we, we didn't have, we, we didn't really have
2: uh, too much to do with that. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. How about you, Smed? Was it like same as Mancie?
2: Yeah, same. We didn't really have to deal with that too much, and our landlord mm-hmm. just took took care of it for
0: us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'd just say to looking back at myself, just not to worry about. It. Things like tax, that kind of thing, because um, I remember our estate agents. All they did to kind of, or, or actually, I think we just had to email the council to so let them know that we were students staying in the house. We just emailed. We went on my student record. We sent them a document showing, like, a proof that we were students, and then you send it to the council. I think by email is what we did anyway, and um, it just meant that we wouldn't, we weren't charged anything unnecessary because we were students and tax didn't apply. Um, but yeah so moving on to like when it comes to winter it's getting colder that kind of thing obviously you guys both had builds included but did you bring well were you still cold did you end up maybe bringing a portable heater for your room or um blankets or that kind of thing
1: no yeah, I think we just because um, there was builds included and you have like quite a lot yeah. to use before you start going over we just mm. kind of had the heating on for like um, whenever it whenever it did get cold and like whoever just her was like um, downstairs just turned the heating on mm-hmm. and we never had really had problems because my room's right at the top as well in the attic and so it gets quite it gets qu- uh, quite warm quite quickly in there so that was yeah. no real problem
0: and um, how about you well? because you were near the fr- your ground floor so I don't know if you were near the door as well either so I don't know if it was a little bit cooler anyway yeah
2: yeah it gets quite cold. Um, I'm not going to lie especially downstairs so we just had same as Manchu we had the heating on all the time and uh, quite a few of us did get electric heaters and it's a good investment because it's, you can get quite a good one for 25-30 pounds and they heat up your room really quickly um, so yeah I mean, if you're cold just get a portable heater for your room and then you don't have to heat up the whole house just heat up your room.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we as well have that conversation about because obviously, with bills not being included when it comes to winter, it is just another conversation to have about usage. Um, and some people just because I found like student houses are freezing, like my student house, I was next to the front door and it was really, really cold. Um, but sometimes it is a case of just like wearing like two pairs of socks, maybe a dressing gown, and then like having the heating on, like as and when um and getting portable heater I definitely got one um and that helped because it meant that if I was cold because everyone has like a different kind of human thermometers to what's cold for someone else and then what's cold for you and I found that I was quite cold when some people were warm so yeah it was it's, it's very much play it by ear is what I found um and yeah I was also going to say when it came to like being in that student house and studying I don't know did you guys um do any like study sessions like with any friends that kind of thing was it nice just to have the house to be like oh this is somewhere we can come back to that is close to uni um to do not only just like fun things and activities but also like if you wanted to study or do a study session that kind of thing or was that just not something that you guys just did Himanshu? um
1: i think uh i mostly like work by myself i think mm-hmm. um uh, but i did have um, some like uh study sessions with not my own housemates but um, a couple of my friends that live like down the road from me so we mm-hmm. used to like go over there or they might come up and we'll do some like revision together but that was but most most of the time I think I preferred working by myself mm-hmm. and just like being in my room and just doing my own thing
0: and I want to ask as well so did you bring your car um to uni and like did you bring it to uni and did you find Parking. If you did bring it to your extreme like, house, did you find that an issue, or was there anything that you did to like get around that, or something that helped? Yeah,
1: yeah, I did. I did bring my car to uni, and uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, it it was just on road parking for us, and most of the time you'll get a space somewhere on the road. If or not, just park on the next road, and parking wasn't really an, an issue for me personally.
0: Mm-hmm. So you didn't have to get a permit or anything that kind of thing.
1: No, no, the parking was free.
0: Okay. hmm And how about you, Smed, in terms of um, did you because you you were obviously with more than one medic. Did you do things together like anything study related? Was it helpful or you just kind of did your own thing and that worked best?
2: So I did do the bulk of the work on my own. Um, mm-hmm. but it's really nice to just, you know, when you just bump into one of your housemates for you to be like, this this thing that we did today, I don't really get it John Standard. You just have a quick conversation and clear it up and then we did mm-hmm. do every now and again closer to exam time we did do small vision sessions so I did group vision sessions with housemates with Belbin uh with other groups as long as everyone puts the effort and it's it's there's nothing more useful really to learn so you can just bounce information off everybody and you learn stuff that you didn't even realize you were learning
0: mm-hmm. yeah um yeah it's nice as well just to it's just so nice to I found living with medics because I lived with all medics as well just just be all being in the same sort of bubble about like oh this this is challenging that's challenging it's so reassuring to be able to go to someone go to someone who has been through it as well and is doing it the same as well but moving on to kind of um de-stressing and unwinding from uni that kind of thing was there anything that you guys did whether it be during your first year that you carried on through second year or anything that you changed um moving into second year that really helped you kind of look after your well-being um, and also do you wish that looking back you'd maybe prioritized or made more time to uh look after yourself and do things for your well-being uh,
1: i think uh, the way on has definitely changed from first to second year the first year mm. we had um a little bit more a little bit more time on our hands and most of the time it was just like hanging out with my flatmates or going out and stuff like that but in second year of course because we were like virtual and it was that, that was much harder to do and we had a, a lot more um work as well i think where i just do stress is just if if i couldn't pay attention i was just stressing about stuff i'll just say i just put it away for the day and say that's me done and just like go and do something else mm-hmm. um like go and like um watch some netflix read a book or something like that
0: and as well I was going to ask so obviously we're all straight from school did you ever how did you navigate the pressure of maybe falling into the trap of doing all like the further reading that a lecturer had recommended for you like knowing when to stop and be like actually that that that's enough for me to say like how did you was that something that came with time or you just like put in those boundaries straight up like actually this is my limit I'm not gonna necessarily like stress myself out by making going
1: out of my way to do stuff like, kind of, like doing this further reading that's optional yeah I think uh, I did like uh, do um, further reading like towards the start of like each semester where you're kind of like all into it and it <laughs> kind of fades away as you go in um, deeper into the semester but uh, I think it, it is useful um, sometimes but sometimes there's just too much detail and just like do I really need to know this and it's important to like know your limits and just because you can't know everything. And that's what, that's what they tell you at the start. I just, you just, uh, you got to, like, focus on like, the key points and just um, don't stress too much. And it's going to be all all right in the end.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how about you, Samed? How was that, like, that um, navigating the line of those spinning plates of, like, looking after your well-being, making sure that, obviously, you're keeping on top of the work, still, like, doing things, like, meeting people, integrating, making sure you're, like, signing up to things and getting involved. How did you find that
2: experience For the start's really really hard it's one of the unspoken difficulties of med school Like when people say med school is difficult they just think about the content and how hard it is to learn and the amount of things you have to learn but making sure you keep a balance and looking after yourself is it's really hard as well and as you go through med school you you know you learn to find like you said you learn to find your limits and you learn about how much work you can do in a day before it just becomes un- unproductive and you learn how best you de-stress as so you just pick things up as you go along and it does get better you do find your footing and you become more mm-hmm. comfortable
0: mm-hmm. and how important would you say a it was to make sure that not only not only were you like working hard and keeping up with work weight, but also looking after your well-being like do you feel like if you hadn't maybe prioritized your well-being or made it at point to do things for you like take that me time sometimes do you think it would have had an impact on your ability to work or concentrate or keep going that kind of thing
1: yeah, i think it's, it's very important because i think um obviously work is um why you're there and that's very important i think it's equally as important to do other things as well to take your mind off medicine i think it made it was easier for me because i had um, a, a housemate, flatmate that work medic, so it was quite easy to do other things. And I think it's very important when you're working, you're working, and then when you're not working, you're not thinking about work, just to switch off for a bit, because <laughs> yeah. it's very easy to go back and stress about oh I've got, so I've got this much work to do. And I think it's just it's very important to take that time off because that that is just as important as the work itself, because if you're mm-hmm. working all the time, it can get a bit too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to get into that cycle where you're just stressing and stressing all
2: the time.
0: Yeah. Would you agree, Smadar? Would you like add anything?
2: Yeah, definitely. It's I'd say downtime is more important than the actual time spent working. So mm-hmm. don't focus on what other people do. Try and find what works for you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really hard to do that at the start, but as you go through, you'll work it up. You, even though med school should be a pretty big part of your life, because you know it's it's a big commitment. Just make sure it doesn't become all of your life.
0: Mm-hmm. and how did you not fall into the trap of just like comparing yourself to other people and then unnecessarily maybe worrying that they were finding that balance and that routine potentially a little bit quicker because obviously everyone is different and everyone finds that balance at different times
1: yeah i think it's quite easy to fall into a trap and try and compare yourself to others especially when you're like surrounded by like such um, uh, high performing people as well and uh, but everyone has has their own way, and everyone takes their own time. And eventually, you will find what works for you. I think that's what you got to do and stick to it. And um, what what works for one person might not work for another person. Mm-hmm. So you just got to find what works for you. Um, and just like and it's quite hard to do, but I think the more you like go go into medicine, the more you do, uh, the clearer it becomes. Like, it's, there's no there's no nothing to be gained from comparing yourself to others because it doesn't it doesn't really matter what they do or what you mm-hmm. do as long as if it works for both of you it uh that's what matters in the end of the day mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and Smed, when it came to like getting to that work-life balance or at least achieving that eventually did you find that come like the end of first year if you'd achieved that did you find that as well it was still like a learning opportunity come second year where you were still tweaking it tweaking it or like by first year do you like was it like a solid like this is what I'm doing going into second year I'm going to apply the same things and they'd work
2: because the semesters are so different you know especially second year is such a huge contrast to first year in terms of just the content and the workload my methods for unwinding and my methods for revision my methods for everything changed um between first and second year but just just a few principles if you stick by it will serve you pretty well I'd say just remember the bigger picture. At the end of the day, regardless of what happens, you're going to go and be a doctor in five, six years. And that's why you're working towards Just mm-hmm. have that goal in your mind. At the end of the day, why we're here is to become great doctors. Just set yourself a target. And if you're achieving, that, good for you. You don't mm-hmm. have to worry about what so-and-so is doing. It's so easy to get overwhelmed, but just take each day as it comes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot that we need to do i'm not i'm not gonna make it seem like it's not medicine is huge but if you break it down and do a little bit every day over time that adds up and Mm -hmm. you see your progress only after quite a long time you're not gonna see the changes every single day as they happen but after Mm -hmm. a few months you'll turn around and think oh you know what i actually know quite a lot of things i didn't realize i'd picked so much up so Mm -hmm just just reach out to people reach out mm-hmm. to friends and all the years if you're feeling overwhelmed
0: mm-hmm. absolutely like the the medical school staff always say that medicine is very much a marathon and not a sprint so it is just so chipping away and you will find that even though you might not think there's anything up there you do know more than you think you know like eventually you will come across the same information in different contexts so many times it, it just just tends to just seep in um and obviously, if you are needing that extra helping hand, that is totally normal that you can equally reach out to any of the medical school staff. Um, and there's a you can go onto the SUMA website as well, and you can go onto the welfare section and press useful services and external links. And if you're lesser, like if you're a lesser medical student, there are lesser specific services such as the pastoral support unit, PSU, ASU, the academic support unit. And obviously, you can reach out to any consumer committee members, that kind of thing, for a chat, because we're always open to just help and support you the best way possible. Um, And obviously, if you're listening and you're not a medical student at Leicester, or you're just not a medical student full stop, there's also on that page um, access to Excel support services as well that you can um, reach out to if you just need that extra bit of support. So please do check that out if you are wanting some um, extra help. and so I was also going to ask Med. so when it came to, you said you were like setting targets, that kind of thing. Did you learn, did you start, do that from the outset? Or you only really learned to do that slowly like as, as time progressed?
2: So obviously going into first year ESA one, if we go all the way back there, what a long time ago that was, um, <laughs> after that exam, you get an idea sort of And it's just the more exams you do and the more practice questions, the more tests you do, you get a better idea of what you have to put in to get your end result. So
0: So, it was kind of like learning as you go along as well. Yeah, Not just expecting, like it wasn't for you that you'd put enough pressure on yourself to feel like, right, from the get-go, I need to know what I'm doing. I'm just going to take it as it goes and, and find that rhythm.
2: Yeah, it's from the offset. It's so easy to be like, okay, I have no clue what's going on. I need to work it out. Because you see all these other people, you you got to understand that, yes, there's loads of people that have come straight out of A-levels, but there's also people that took gap years. There's people that transferred. So transfer students did the whole med application process again, as mm-hmm. well as being at like the very top of their transfer courses. And then you got grads who did a whole degree and still decided to stick with medicine. These people have so much experience. And when you're saying the stress of A levels, it's so easy to feel like you're falling behind, and you have no clue what's going on. Yeah, it's. So it's
0: a time thing, like a just yeah. with time things. With yeah, time, they're, they're with helping. time,
2: everything just makes sense, and you start to understand how things work.
0: Mm-hmm. And as well, how about you, mentioned in terms of because obviously we we always get told like that balance, like find that so called balance between work and play, that kind of thing. Did you again find that it took you some time and? And also, did you find that what worked for you in first year was still applicable and worked for you for second year, or did you find that maybe with each semester it tweaked a little bit? Yeah,
1: I think uh, finding that that balance definitely takes time, and everyone's going to take their own like um, time about it. But you, you will get there in the end. I think um, like compared to like each semester, like semester one, it was quite um, in terms of you were kind of, you were still like, from A-levels, you're still getting into it, so getting to get into uni life, personally. And it's, uh, it's quite hard to find that balance straight away. I and mean, it doesn't matter if you don't find it straight away, you just gotta keep looking and find what works for you. And mm-hmm. I definitely had to change it um, from first year to second year. The second year, there's just um, a lot more content and you do have to work a lot harder, a lot more mm-hmm. hours just to keep up with the content, first of all, let alone mm-hmm. revising it. Yeah. Uh, so, but you just got to keep that in mind. You just got to work hard and just keep your head down. But it's 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 part of that thing when you're not working, you've got to learn how to switch off from work, not think about work, kind of thing. You got to like be in the moment. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and it's, it's really important, I think. And yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And when it came to as well, like looking after yourself and well-being, did you find that? Um, so nutrition, like cooking, that kind of thing, making sure that you that you were making sure to like eat well, as well as obviously working and everything. Did you find that that's something that you did Himanshu, like um, prioritize nutrition or like looking back do you wish maybe you'd tweaked that and prioritized it a lot more? Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think uh, looking back, that's one area that I could definitely improve on. I think Mm -hmm. in terms of, I'm not the best cook in the world. So I, (laughs) I, I always wanted something that was quick and easy to make and uh i had a i I did get a lot of takeaways as well so (laughs) it's very it's very easy to fall into that trap but uh it's definitely it's 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 hard to do but you gotta you gotta you gotta do it That's something you gotta do especially in second year when you're in a house you gotta cook for yourself and i guess it does get very expensive if you have a takeaway all the time Mm -hmm. so um i think it's definitely um 100% you gotta look after yourself and that's something i wish i did a little bit better looking back Mm. at it i think Mm -hmm. uh it's very important to look after yourself as well as um working and stuff because you you're, you're in such like a high intensity environment all the time working and it's very important to to the other parts of your life quite right, as well
0: mm-hmm. and Samad, as well do you would you say the same in terms of did you find like looking back would you change anything and also did you find that what you were eating was actually affecting your ability to do like the work or concentrate
2: so anyone who knows me will know that i'm a big foodie And I basically stop functioning if if I've not eaten in a while. So definitely make sure you're investing in your food. It is so important. Like what I used to do is just do a bulk cook of the weekend and then bring that up to Leicester. And then I'd cook in the house on Thursday slash Friday. Mm -hmm. Just make make sure you're eating well and not skipping meals just to get those extra few hours of revision in. Because okay yeah you, you you didn't eat dinner and you didn't cook and you got that extra two hours of revision, but it's not going to be as productive as if you ate and then did it. Mm-hmm. Plus, you feel yeah. a lot better after eating. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I look back and I would tell definitely tell my fresher self like just prioritize cooking or taking time out of the day to make a sandwich. Like I remember rushing for like the bus and maybe just grabbing a banana to replace like a like a, a good like bowl of cereal or something and then you get a bit hungry and then sometimes for me it did affect my ability to concentrate and stay focused for like prolonged periods of time or like group work could find my mind just like straying so I think there is definitely a relationship between looking after yourself and whether it be nutrition or that kind of thing making sure you have that me time and then also that being uh, um, affecting your ability to stay focused and keep keep on top of work um also wanted to just touch on sleep as well so did you find like in terms of a routine with sleep obviously um did it change like from coming to uni and then first year and second year like learning like just more about the course and how things are working and then finding that routine and as well did you find that it did again affect your ability to like function
2: yeah i get that
0: that's quite a lot of questions but picking picking at it a little bit Manju starts off
1: uh i think sleep is obviously very important i think uh first year like uh, we had um, a lot more time and we were going out a lot more so mm-hmm. we had quite a quite a few late nights so lacking in sleep a bit and I remember like w- one of the lectures was about sleep and nearly everyone put their hand up on the <laughs> lecturer's who was lacking sleep so um, yes yeah, so definitely looking back uh, I would tell myself that yeah sleep is uh, got to be one of the higher priorities because if you're lacking sleep. You can't really concentrate that much. But you definitely improved in second year, even though, um, yeah, I'd definitely go to bed a bit earlier, getting at least like seven or eight hours of sleep. Because mm-hmm. if if you're tired, you're not going to be as productive when you're working anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're lacking sleep, you might do four hours of work. But if we didn't, if you weren't lacking sleep, you might have done that four hours in two hours say
0: so Ed, would you
2: agree or like say something different? Yeah, in the first year I amassed quite significant sleep deficit just from going on and doing stuff. And then in second year it became because we were at home, there was no opportunity to do that. Mm. And you can watch the lectures whenever you want. So I'd say I worked so much better when I just did have seven, eight hours, sometimes nine, sometimes ten. As opposed <laughs> in the first year as opposed to and first year, probably getting six every night, and you mm-hmm. do work so much better with just a few extra hours. So just do it.
0: Mm-hmm. So definitely, like you found that looking back, sleep was something you would keep prioritized a bit better like, coming away from first year. Like knowing that you get you're going out that kind of thing, but equally to recuperate and have like a solid, like night's sleep as well is helpful.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent.
0: Um, and so coming to the end of the podcast, uh, I'm just going to touch on just the experience of making friends coming to university because obviously it was all our first degree um and were there any apprehensions that you had um actually like coming and like, meeting not even a couple of people like around 300 people in our cohort um and how did you w- would that looking back would would there be anything that you'd say to your freshest self like uh,
1: looking back I would definitely say just um putting yourself out there more because everyone's kind of in the same boat and uh, like it's um, you just put yourself out there and um, get to know people and obviously everyone there's um, kind of going through the same things you are and uh, we all understand how each other's feeling and then yeah just uh, go out there and make friends and it'll definitely um, do you good in the future because you'll have someone to like um Go on, go and talk to, or just um, hang out
2: with, just to like de-stress and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And how about you, Smed Like looking back at the whole experience and journey so far?
2: Um, yeah, I'd go back and tell my first year self, just, just any social that you see, just go for it because you you do you you miss all the shots that you don't take. So really, really make the effort because there's three hundred people. Be realistic you can't know everyone you can't be friends with everybody mm. but and the thing I've noticed about medicine is it's so many like-minded people it's so easy to just start a conversation and become friends with people and it's all right to have multiple friendships you know if you have four or five friendship groups that's fine but just make sure you put yourself out there and give yourself the opportunity to make those friends early mm. on as well it's the support network that you form will do you so much good later down the line.
0: Mm-hmm. And did you find that um, your confidence with time did it change and um, did you notice it changing just with coming to university in Manchu? Yeah
1: I think uh, my confidence definitely built as I went through like, the course and just uh, met, met new friends and stuff and I think what Samed said about having like different friendship groups, that's, um, that's also fine, that's, that's also actually important. Because if one friendship group's like not around, you can always have someone to go and fall back on. And mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it's just like different environments and just different ways, um, different people you can go to.
0: And would you say the same as well? Did you notice that Samed, that your confidence changed or was it, did you come in quite confident and-
2: I think I came, if I'm being honest, I came into uni not too confident thinking, you know, probably going to make one or two friends and that's it. But once you realize how great the people are that are out there and, you know, in Leicester Medics, not, not just in your own year, but in the years below and the years above, once you realize how similar everyone is, your confidence really does shoot up. And the more events you go to and the more friends you make, you just become... More yourself and you feel more at ease as well. So mm-hmm. definitely, my my confidence really did shoot up after the first few weeks because I mm-hmm. just felt, yeah, I didn't feel awkward or anything. It was just so easy to go and talk to people.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and actually, like, how important were the like the Lissuma run events, the Medsoc run events for you in terms of? Networking, integrating, meeting with people. Um, what were and yeah, like what were some of the highlights for you in intro week when you uh, attended the events?
1: Yeah, I think the, um, the events are like uh, a great way to like um, get the the nerves you have of like starting uni, get them and start making new friends and just meeting people and talk to them. Um, and I think they were really great. And probably the highlight for me was probably the um, the group crawl. You got lots of free food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that was pretty good. Uh, and I think just uh, putting yourself out there—it's it's a lot of fun as well. Because um, at that time, there's no—you uh, haven't started lectures, haven't started yet. There's no pressure to do any work and stuff. So you just—you just, you're just like going out and meeting new people, and mm-hmm. there's no one. There's no one like. Uh, there's nowhere to be the next day or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. How about you, Smed? What
2: was your, the, yeah the Lusumo events were so good I just just the fact that they got everyone together in one place you know, it didn't force people to make their own plans like the plan is there. all you have to do is just turn up mm-hmm. and funnily enough the three the three medics that I'm living with we all met on the group crawl so I met okay. I met that friendship group through the sumo events like if i hadn't gone to that sumo event i wouldn't have met these people and be living with them mm-hmm. so if you're feeling shy or you're not really feeling up for it in that first week just go to the sumo events because mm-hmm. like loads of people out there you will make friends if you go you'll meet someone and you'll you'll make friends mm-hmm. so, like we uh, we met at other sumo events yeah well. we, so we just yeah we, we met at the very last one isn't it the the End freshest for yeah and
0: yeah. mm. ever since then can't get rid of you, <laughs> yep. How lucky um, you are. but it's nice as well those the intro week events because when you're listening who doesn't know what intro week is it's like medic freshers that's run by the medical society so the suma and it's very much it caters to everybody um to the extent that if you are not uh, if you don't consume alcohol that kind of thing there are always sober socials so those alternatives that you can attend so that you're not necessarily feeling out of place um I wanted to touch on as well medic parents and medic sisters or brothers or siblings that kind of thing did you guys end up clicking or like um enjoying that experience of um knowing as well someone part of your medic family and then seeing them at uni or in lecture shoot.
1: yeah I think uh we had we had like a, a medic parents night which was quite quite good even though my par- medic parents didn't actually turn up because they're quite busy that night uh, <laughs> it's, 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 still, it's still got to meet um, like my medic siblings and uh, I'm still quite uh, good friends with them now uh, mm-hmm. so that, that was a nice way to um, meet people as well and it was, it was great fun as well
0: mm-hmm. how about you smed
2: I think medic parents is definitely it's, it's one of the really good things that the has done because it puts you in direct contact with second years mm-hmm. which is invaluable like the advice people in higher years have really helps I was really grateful for the fact that I was, putting, like, I was forced into contact with these people mm-hmm. uh, my medic siblings I don't really talk to them too much nowadays but I did definitely in first year but mm-hmm. I know I can message my medic parents after 3-4 months of not talking with questions and asking for help and they'll happily help them Mm
0: -hmm. so it's nice that even after coming out of first year that sort of relationship is still there like you can still go to them if you did need that bit of Mm -hmm. help Mm -hmm. great so we are now kind of approaching like now the end of the podcast episode so we're going to move on to (laughs) the game um which is basically obviously i kept it really vague in the briefing but it's basically (sighs) like a quick fire like I say something and that you kind of have to or like a question or a phrase and you have to think of the first thing that comes to mind and just kind of say it. Obviously, it's OK to have some hesitation, that kind of thing, just not too much hesitation. <laughs> and I had so much fun writing these questions. So, um, <laughs> um, OK, so Ed, the colour of your stethoscope, if you have one, slash the one you'll be getting. Triple black. So when I say body logistics, what's the first thing that pops into your head? A toy Tony Taylor. So <laughs> <laughs> anyone who doesn't know who that is, that's just a member of staff at the medical school. Right. Okay. And then Smed, something you've learned about yourself from joining medical school?
2: Oh, that's a deep question. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. I think something I've learned from joining medical school is I'm a lot more. I'm more capable than what I originally thought. When I set my mind to, I can achieve a lot more than what I thought I could previously to joining medical school.
0: But yeah, that is the quick fire game over. So thank you guys so much for taking the time to help out with this podcast and kind of share what your experiences were like. I think it's really nice to anyone listening to just have be able to either resonate or relate to anything that's been said. Um and really appreciate you guys sharing these experiences. Hopefully they'll help at least one person out there listening. Um, but yeah, that's uh that's bye from me. And I'll see you guys as well. Bye. Bye. I could be lying.